Now that the Aggies have pretty much wrapped up in the transfer portal, let's talk about has the ceiling for this season raised or fallen? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're really wrapping up this post, uh, you know, this end of season, start of off season kind of conversations. So we're almost getting into that, you know, good football conversation and breaking down position groups and all that. We're almost there. But I think it's a good time to discuss the ceiling of this 2024 Texas A&M football team. Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same thanks to what has happened this offseason? This is a tough debate. It's a tough question. In all honesty, I think that the ceiling has stayed the same, and I want to explain how that is a little bit miraculous. You know, so here's the deal. I know everybody wants to say the ceiling is raised this much, a ton, and there's a lot of excitement. Here's my argument, and there is a lot of excitement. My argument would be this. I think with what happened, losing a lot of your recruiting class, losing a lot of your uh, talented players on the roster, losing a lot of, um, you know, losing those players, right? It would be easy. It'd be easy for this to go, man, the ceiling for this team fell because of what happened in the portal and what happened in losing recruits and what happened in losing players on your roster. Be easy. Would be easy to say that. But I think with the additions that Coach Elko and his staff made via the portal, this roster is in a good position heading into the 2024 season. So what I'm saying is, you know. If we were here, we were flatlined. We were in the middle. And then you lose all the players. You're down to here. I think what Coach Elko did, closing out the 2024 class and then recruiting the portal, brought the ceiling back up to where it would have been kind of had, you know, the the offseason, you kept everybody around. That That's what I'm getting at here. So, you know, knowing some of the players you lost, some of the recruits you lost, I think to be able to say that you kind of broke even is a good thing. I think that almost is winning. So while we're going to call it breaking even in the offseason, um, I do think I do think that you really did put yourself in a good spot. So before I get some folks, um, you know, you Longhorn fans listening, um, Thank you all for being here. As always, I appreciate you. But um, I, I, I can all. It's funny now that I, I always have Longhorn fans commenting, and it's like I always think to myself, like, what, 
what are they going to be upset about today? And I, you know, I think fo- uh, folks are going to say, you know, you lost Evan Stewart, you lost Walter Nolan, you lost. Yes, you know, there, there, there is no denying the players that Texas A&M lost in the portal because it is, it is painful. Lost a lot of pl- NFL players, lost a lot of potential first round picks, but I think two players that really kind of explain what makes this okay is a guy like Nick Scorton and a guy like Desrick. Like Desrick's is a player who has a ton of eligibility left, was a five-star, and could be an incredible player in the SEC. You know, he's a guy who didn't really have enough time at Alabama before Coach Saban retired to become a star, and I think he will. He's a great football player. So that's a great example. You bring in a guy, uh, and then you bring in a Nick Scorton, a guy who's one of the best uh, pass rushers in college football. You know, everyone is 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 fairly, you know, f- it's fair, but acting like this team, well, they lost everybody. Yes, Texas A&M lost a whole heck of a lot from last year's roster. Lost a lot in the recruiting class as well. But the Aggies and this coaching staff did an incredible job in the transfer portal, bringing in, some, you know, some former high, uh, talent in the SEC and players like Jaden Hill and Scooby Williams and Des Ricks, uh, some some guys to take some shots on like uh, Donovan Saunders, um, you know, uh, 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 Jabri Barber, players like that, uh, Alex Howard, and then some players who, you know, um, were, were, were okay at the Power 5 level and like a Will, Will Lee, but, you know, need still need to take that step. You know, Texas A&M brought an interesting, interesting portal class in that had lots of, you know, and a huge portal class at that. It's ranked number two for a reason. I mean, you got 23 players in this portal class. So, you know, it, here's the deal. This is this is really on it. You know, as y'all know, all, as y'all everydayers know, the, the listen to here, listen here, listen to Locked On Aggies every day. I always keep it honest. I'm always going to keep it honest with you, um, and. If Texas A&M hadn't done a good job in the portal, we'd be in a really, really bad spot right now. You know, with what with what we lost in the recruiting class, what we lost uh, from last year's roster. There's no debate. There's no question to that. That's just reality. If they hadn't have done well in the portal, we would be not in good shape. But Coach Elko hit the transfer portal out of the ballpark. You know, we talked for, for years about, I just, I don't ever think Jimbo was the best at utilizing the portal. Uh, you know, last year I think he tried and he wasn't great. And uh, I think Coach Elko has done an outstanding job this portal season. I mean, not only, and what, what I talk about all the time, he's filling positions of need. We were worried about the secondary. He goes and loads up on corners and safeties to really put this room in a good spot heading into the 2024 season. You know, he um, need a couple receivers, lose a couple guys, goes and gets a couple receivers. The only complaint, as you all know, because I've, I've said it time and time again of mine in the portal has been, I wish Coach Elko would have gone and got a little bit more in um, the portal at the offensive line position, at the tackle position. That's the only complaint I have. And I, I, I like to, 
I like to complain. So I, I can't sit here and be upset about that. One complaint, and then really I'm fine with what you did on the interior. I would have gone and got one more tackle, maybe two. That's the only thing I would have done different. So um, I think that the ceiling for this 2024 Texas A&M team has stayed the same heading into the offseason. And like I said, the key to explain what I mean by that, some might go, well, we don't want the same, we want better. I, I think for what you lost in the portal and what you lost in this recruiting class, and, you know, a Draylon Miller and a Cam Coleman, like just that in the recruiting class, um, a Dominic McKinley, you know, you lose that in the recruiting class. You lose a Walter Nolan. You lose a Evan Stewart. Are you ever going to replace really replace that talent? No, you know, but you can make up for it in the portal. And that is what I think Texas A&M did. So of course, you know, it, it would be crazy for me to come up here and say, you know what, Texas A&M got better in the off season because they didn't, they, they, you know what I mean? Like they lost a lot of talent. They lost a lot of players in the recruiting class, but I think they did enough to kind of, almost be the same, like I said, and compete next season. I'm saying this Texas A&M team will compete next season. Um, you know, we've talked about how the schedule, and we're going to break down a little bit of some of that some of that here in a minute. We're talking about um, some things schedule-wise. But um, so I hope I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this well, but what I'm saying is, you know, is I think that it's a real positive that the ceiling has kind of stayed the same this year, and it is all thanks to – an incredible, the incredible job Coach Elko did in the transfer portal this offseason. So let me know y'all's thoughts on that conversation in the comments. If y'all know what I'm saying, um, because I think I think it, it's it's a good point, and I think it really should you know get some folks 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 excited, even though you know you did lose a lot of talent in the offseason, but you brought in a lot to make this roster in a pretty good spot heading next year. So let me know y'all's thoughts on. That now we're going to talk about Texas A&M's opponents and what did they do in the portal? Should we be concerned? Is Texas A&M in a good spot next year? We will have that conversation coming up right here on Locked On Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to go get all your tickets. I love game time. It is so easy to use, and I love how game time is always there to make things cheaper. You know, a lot of the competition makes things expensive. I mean, really. They want tickets to be as expensive as possible, not game time. Game time is in the business of saving people money. You know, life's hard. There's a lot going on. Every day, there's something going on, you know, stressful part of life. What makes life better? Going to a ball game, going to a concert, going to see some sort of comedy event. That's what really makes life better, you know. And some of these companies want to make that as expensive as possible, not game time. Game time makes it as cheap as possible. The app's easy to use with so many great features. You can see your seat before you go, 
um, it shows you the vantage point from the venue um, at the venue from your seat. It's just the best app and the best place to get your tickets. It's where I get every single ticket. You'll see me get to anything I ever go to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now. All game time users get a hundred dollars off a big game with ticket with code Vegas 100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use the code Vegas V E G A S 100 100 for a hundred off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So interesting conversation coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I want to talk a little bit about how what has happened in the portal for some of Texas A&M's opponents and what does that mean for this season. So the first team I want to talk about, um, and we're going to run through where they ranked, number one team when it comes to Texas A&M's opponents next season in portal editions is Texas. Uh, You know, Texas did an incredible job in the portal when it comes to the wide receiver position, especially. So let me pull up their additions. So they're seventh, like I said. They brought in a uh, four-star portal tight end from Bama. They really killed it bringing in Bama players. Um, Linebacker Kendrick Blackshear, wide receiver Isaiah Bond, who made a lot of great plays last year. Um. And then you bring in um, a wide receiver from Oregon State, wide receiver from Houston. They really loaded up at the wide receiver position. Um, an edge rusher from UTSA. And then a safety from Clemson. So, you know, this is a, a class that is quality over quantity. Texas A&M's, there's, there's obviously quality. In Texas A&M's class, there's quality, there's, quant- there's quantity, you know, there's both. But... On this Texas class is quality over quantity. Eight players right now, but all of them you assume will be contributors next season, talented football players. Uh, Texas got better in the offseason. There's no question about that. But um, the next team is South Carolina. South Carolina did a good job, ladies and gentlemen. I I don't want you all to think this is going to, you know, they wouldn't. There's two players that really catch my eye here. Um, One is. Uh, the running back, Rocket Sanders from Arkansas. You know, Arkansas was just bad last year. Rocket Sanders looking for a new home. He finds one at South Carolina. The other is former Auburn quarterback, Robbie Ashford. Ashford is is electric with his legs. He's a good football player. Not the best thrower of the football, but, I mean, you can create an offense around the way he plays and be really successful. So those are the two players for South Carolina that you know I'm I'm paying a lot of attention to. Uh, good football players down there. They did lose 22 players in the portal, so you um, bring in 20, 22 go out. So they did a good job of, you know, you lost some, you bring you bring some in. Good job there by uh, Beamer and the boys. Then you got Missouri at 11, kind of the same thing as Texas. They bring in nine guys or 10 commits, excuse me, 10 commits. And then how many players left? Let me see. What does it say? 12 go out, 10 come in. 
You bring in Chris McClellan from Florida, who's a player with some upside. A um, couple edge rushers, Zion Young and, and um, Darius Smith. Then you bring in Nate Noel, the running back from Appy State. Uh, Sterling Webb, defensive lineman from New Mexico State. And then uh, Caden Green, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma. So Missouri got better. Missouri, you know, that um, Green's a great offensive lineman. Missouri got better in, the, in this. And same thing as Texas, quality over quantity. Um, not a ton of guys, but guys that make your football team better. Then we got a, a, a huge gap from Missouri to Florida, and Florida is 24th. You know, looking at Florida's class, transfer class here, you know, you got um, Jameer Grimsley from Alabama, Asa Turner, the safety from Washington. But, you know, this class, Florida just doesn't scare me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to be honest with you. Florida does not scare me heading into next season. Um, I, I just – I don't – with that schedule and, and, and Coach Napier, and I just don't believe in it. Um, 27, you got Arkansas. I mean, you know, three four-star portal players. Uh, and then not, um, nine – uh, three stars. I just looking at this, I just don't. Uh, they did bring in a former Texas and wide receiver, Jordan Anthony. But I mean, once again, I, I just think Arkansas, Arkansas is a great example of they lost a lot, and I don't think they brought in a ton. I, I don't think Arkansas is in a good spot heading into next season. And I do think that's a football game that the Aggies will win. Um, Next, you got Mississippi State at 37th. Mississippi State's done a good job on the at the offensive line position in the portal. You know, with their new head coach, they're looking, you know, to really rebound from a rough season last year under Coach Arnett. Um, you know, obviously, you had the tragic passing of Coach Leach. Coach Arnett takes over. I mean, I can't believe how quick they let him go. I mean, it must have been – it must have been they just didn't see any kind of future with him as the head coach. You know, I mean, you never see a coach get let go that quickly. But um, they've done a good job at the, at the offensive line position so far in the portal. So um, getting the big uglies up front makes the football team better, and 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 so that's something to monitor for Mississippi State. Then at 39th, you got Auburn. Auburn is interesting that they, you know, I thought Hugh Freeze was going to use the portal more than he did. He only brings in like nine guys. He did a good job in the secondary. Um, I wonder if if maybe Auburn's going to rely on some of those talented freshmen, and that's why they didn't bring in a ton because they have a, a really good class coming in with a lot of high-end talent. So I'm wondering if, if that's their plan to use a lot of those guys um, to, you know, instead of go get going and get going and getting a ton from the portal. Um, oh, Notre Dame was 36. I skipped them on my list here. But, um, you know, they did a good job. They went and, get, and went and got Riley Leonard, the quarterback from formerly Duke, was Coach Elko's quarterback. Also went and got R.J. Oben from Duke. They had 14 players leave, and they've had eight come in. Wide receiver Jaden Harrison from Marshall. You got uh, Bo Collins from Clemson. Uh, Riley Leonard, like we said. So, um, you know, bring in a couple guys, lose a couple guys. But, uh, you know, obviously did a good job in the, in, in the class because I think that Leonard is a pretty good quarterback, and that's going to be a fun battle at Kyle Field to open the season to see Coach Elko's old quarterback 
Um, and his new roster, it's go to go to battle. It's going to be fun. And then LSU, this one's interesting to me too. They're 44th, only bringing in six guys. You know, now they bring in a couple wide receivers, did a good job in the wide receiver room. They bring in quarterback AJ Swan from Vandy, who I think is actually a pretty good quarterback in all honesty. I just think he was at Vandy. Um, bring in Jordan Gilbert. We all know that guy. And then uh, J.R. Brown, the corner from Ohio State. Um, Austin Osbury, a safety from Auburn. So bring in a couple guys on the defense. But that's what I was a little, you know, with how bad LSU was defensively last season, I'm a little surprised they didn't hit the portal a little bit harder. I guess they just feel confident with who they got, evidently, you know. But um, I, I, I'm a little surprised that LSU – didn't use the portal a little bit more. But I just thought that was a fun conversation to have, ladies and gentlemen, knowing, you know, what what have our opponents done in the portal? Have, have they gotten a lot better? So um, some of some of your opponents are, are top 10, 11, 12 got, uh, uh, classes in the portal, and then some like Notre Dame and, and LSU and Auburn and Mississippi State are kind of not very high. So um, that is where Texas A&M's 2024 opponents – sit in the transfer portal. I have a couple mailbag questions to go over. Some about ceiling of this baseball team, some about what seed will Texas A&M's basketball team be, and then some about any any flips or, or signing day changes I see coming up here in February. We'll have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Who's going to the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen? Will the, will the Lions do it? Will Coach Dan Campbell, the former Aggie, do it? 49ers, I don't know. They looked vulnerable. They looked vulnerable against the Packers. I think Dan Campbell's going to the Super Bowl. I do. And, um, you know, especially if Debo Samuel's not out there, if he practiced, it'd take a lot to keep Debo off the field. He practiced yesterday. But um, something to monitor, something to monitor there. And then can Lamar Jackson do it? Can he end this? No, we <laughs> – we don't want Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl. He's been in the Super Bowl too many times. He's, you know, he's too young to already have this many Super Bowls. He, he, he can go home for once, okay? Go home. Let's have a Lamar Jackson, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff Super Bowl. That sounds amazing to me. And you can go bet on all of that over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So, got a couple questions here, mailbag questions. Thank you all, those who left some questions in the YouTube comments yesterday. So, I was asked about what happened with the Ohio offensive lineman, Kurt Dineker. He went to Baylor. And I'll be honest with you, watching the film on him, I hated missing on him. Now, I do think the Aggies did a good job interior offensive lineman wise. I like the Kansas kid, I like the FAU kid. I, I, I'm, you know, 
but I really like the tape on, on Dineker. I would have taken him probably over those guys. Maybe they're good. It's hard to make that. You know, I, I like that um, the Kansas kid, you know, has power five experience, but um, it's hard to say that, but I do like that kid. I wish we would have gotten him over the Baylor Bears, but that is where he went. And then, you know, I was asked, are there any signing day flips that I'm expecting? Be honest with you. Not really. There's not any guys that I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, there you go. Those guys are going to flip. You're going to get that guy for sure. I mean, I think that Coach Oko is making a run at some guys. I do. you know. I But, but I haven't heard much about guaranteed names to watch. But, I mean, it's something to pay attention to. Can Coach Yoko and this coaching staff flip somebody? Maybe can it be, you know, some former uh, players that some of the coaches coached and, and and are committed there, and you can get a random flip like that on signing day. But, um, you know, we all know what the key is on signing day. So th- that's that's the key there. Um, Someone asked me, how many sacks does Nick Scorton have this season? I think a pretty safe number in his first season in the SEC. And this is it's still a bold number. I think you could see him have eight sacks. If you told me, if, if you came from the future, I just watched Hot Tub Time Machine yesterday, so that's on the brain. But um, if you came from the future and said, Andrew, Nick Scorton has 10 sacks, I, it wouldn't surprise me. That's how good he is. I've told you all that. Um, so, but eight is a number I'm going to go. I think it's a safer number. Um, another question I was asked about is what is the ceiling of this baseball team? In, in all honesty, it's a national championship. This team can go to Omaha. This team is that good. Just learning more and more about this roster. I'm starting to get into, into the baseball mode and, and, you know, really um, digging into some of the transfers and some of the, the different players there. So, you know, obviously the guys back, we know well, but, uh, that's where I'm at right now. And I just, the more I, I dig on this team, the better and better I feel about this team going Omaha. I mean, it's just, it's baseball. It's baseball. You can have injuries. You can have arms get hurt. You can have hitters go down. It's hard to survive an entire baseball season without losing some pitching. There's no question there. But, I mean, if this team stays healthy and survives the gauntlet of what is SEC baseball, there's no doubt this team going to Omaha and I think win a national championship. That is how good the Aggies can be on the diamond this year. And then someone's asked me about the seed that I think this basketball team will end up. The way they've started, I mean, here's the deal. It's no handout that they're making the tournament. You know, this team has to close. This team has to play well down the stretch. Um, You know, you got to have a winning record in SEC play, but I do think if the Aggies do that, and I think they will, I think Texas A&M will end up being probably an eight or a nine seed would be my guess. But once again, I think the way this season has started, if you get in the dance and just have a shot at this, the way this team rebounds and plays scrappy basketball and defends, I, I do think that this team can make a little bit of a run. So just getting there is the key right now, and I do think they'll do that. But you've got to play good basketball, and it starts on Saturday against Ole Miss. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies, and that is going to do it for this week here at Locked on Aggies. Really appreciate y'all being here every single day. Um, If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Helps a ton. If you're listening on a podcast platform, uh, leave a five-star review. That helps as well. 
Everybody have an outstanding weekend. Enjoy the Texas A&M basketball game on Saturday. Enjoy the playoff football games coming up on Sunday. I'm stoked about those. Everybody have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. Appreciate y'all being here a ton, you everydayers, and everybody here listening. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you on Monday.